Welcome to a football show, Monday Titans Overreaction Edition, brought to you, of course, by the Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors, and our great and amazing live local sponsor, The Pharmacy. All three of you guys, we love you guys. Uh, however, I wanted to jump on here first real fast and just say that we had some technical difficulties, some technical issues. We had to use our backup audio. You can still definitely hear Zach ranting and raving about Todd Downing and Jeff Swain. Obviously, no one wants to miss that. So you can definitely still hear it, uh, but it, did, it is our backup audio, and we apologize for having to use that audio. This is one of the things that Zach and I pride ourselves on as much as anything in this business is bringing you good, high audio quality, and it absolutely tears us up and very much pisses us off when we have to go to backup audio. But we do have backup audio of the show, so here it is. Our conversation about the Titans lost to the Giants, all the things in SEC in week two, of course, live from the pharmacy over reaction Monday. So again, we are sorry. We apologize. But here was a football show Monday edition. Overreaction Monday here live from the pharmacy, of course, in East Nashville. The Burger Parlor and Beer Garden of Choice after a loss and drowning your sorrows. Unless, of course, you're a Tennessee Volunteers fan, in which case you are celebrating with a nice Bearded Iris Pharmacy Pills. Locally sourced beer here, of course, at the pharmacy. We're also brought to you uh, as well by the Kingston Group, as well as Weiss Liquors. We'll get to all those great sponsors. Zach, how are you, sir? My name's Braden. That's Zach. Uh, we are um, m- much like going to Jeff Swaim on third downs. We are we are running some backups here today on the show. There is a good chance that nobody heard any of that because we're using your camera and my <laughs> microphone because we've had technical issues. Uh, as well. <laughs> no, we're good. we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, they all heard us. We were so good on our first run, and then we got into the game and the Giants beat our ass, and that's what happened. It, we, listen, we were so good on Thursday. We were a first-half Titans offense. So we've got a lot of stuff to discuss today, of course. On the show, if you want to jump into the comment section, of course, please do that. We've got a lot of things. If you guys want to chime in, um, we would like to hear from you because there's certainly a lot to discuss about that Titans match against the Titan Giants on Sunday. We've got some SEC stuff to get to, which is some good news for you, Kentucky fans, Arkansas fans, and yes, Texas fans, Alabama fans. Look, we've got some food here All right. uh, showing up. We got some sweet potato fries there. Take a look at that, of course, here at the pharmacy beer garden. They got a soda rail as well, but you see all this out here. All this beautiful, amazing stuff back here. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful day on Monday. It is. It's almost, so. almost hoodie and shorts weather. I need another 15 or 15 degrees or so. I think I could have done it in probably like seven more degrees. This morning we could have. 58 yeah. degrees this morning. It was great. This um, so we have major questions to ask about the Titans offensive play calling. We have major questions to ask about the sloppiness of the second half of that game. I had a very difficult time. And, and, and I'm just teasing what's coming up on the show because we've got a lot of stuff to do today. I had a very difficult time pinpointing exactly what to blame, how to blame it, how much to blame it. I got questions about Derrick Henry in the running game I want to ask you as well. Uh, before we do any of that, of course, let's make sure we thank all of our amazing sponsors here. we got Weiss, we got Weiss Liquors. Look, look, there's Weiss Liquors right there, of course. Uh, I'm assuming many of you needed to drink after the game on yes. Sunday. So if you Uber Eats Weiss Liquors right to your house, search Weiss Liquors right there on Uber Eats. comes right to your house. If you want, you can do that. You can also pop in after the game and get 10% off, 440. If you say 440 at the cash register, I'll give you 10% off. Kingston Group, of course, if you broke some shit at your house yesterday yeah, you and you need to fix it, check you out the Kingston basically, Group. Basically, if you took a sledgehammer to your entire kitchen, which <laughs> I wouldn't really blame you, then you probably need to call the Kingston Group. 
No, demo day is always my favorite part of the, um, you know, the, the home renovation show. Yeah. My favorite part is demo day. That's always the thing I want to do. Uh, I never get to do it, though. My wife never lets me. And I'm assuming Titans fans have Why is that? Well, probably because she likes her house the way it is. But uh, you're demoing it. Well, but we're not. That's what I'm saying. I just want to demo. You just, oh, gotcha. Don't they have those houses around? Yeah, they, they have one of those, uh, actually, in East Nashville, I think, or by the, maybe even by the river, where you go in and you destroy everything. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what Mike Brabel did after calmly addressing the media after the game. And, of course, we're here at the pharmacy. So come on out every single Monday. We're going to react and, next week, preview the Bills game. So make sure you come on out uh, here and eat lunch. They got burgers. They got worse. They got sweet potato fries. They got... All kinds of stuff. Milkshakes, locally sourced beer from Bearded Iris. The Pharmacy Pills is delicious. So there you go. All right. I, I just broad questions, Zach, for, for you in and by the way, in reacting. Like, real quick, before before we get anywhere, okay. for those not watching or whatever, or listening, and you're listening, and you normally watch, and you're wondering, where did the feed go? If you did not turn notifications on for oh, yeah, yeah. on Twitter, like we told you, and for YouTube, like we've told you, then you're not going to see it because we're only going to be on the Broadway Facebook feed um, just to try to consolidate our viewer experience. And let's be honest, it's really for us because we're lazy and we're having to go to five different accounts <laughs> to get data. So it's just really for us. So you got to make sure if you're listening, you're wondering, why didn't I catch this live? Why didn't my phone go off? Your phone's not broken. You probably did not listen to me when I told you all the accounts and places that you need to turn your notifications. There you have it. So again, on the 440 Sports Twitter feed, the 440 Facebook page, the Broadway Sports Facebook page and YouTube page as well. Make sure you turn all the notifications on. Uh, and again, you can also get this show podcasted in podcast form, a football show, of course, each and every Monday and Thursday. Just broadly, Zach, just as generically and as broadly as possible, what happened? Who do you blame for the second half? What was the thing that went wrong if you had to put it onto one Why day? is it only limited to the second half? Well, there's a lot of problems because there's a lot of problems from a lot of different places. I just want to get the the, like, where are you putting the majority of the issues? Where, where's the number one thing? The staff. Easy. Hands down, the staff. I mean, it's not really – I mean, there's nothing you can blame on Ryan Tannehill. He had an efficient nope. game. He had a great game. There's nothing you, you – there's a lot to blame on the defense that I think a lot of people are giving them an, an easy out lately on this because they, they are so mad at the hashtag fire Todd Downey movement. <laughs> so, in my in my opinion, it the main culprit for me – is the staff. All right. So I understand we're going to have a lot of conversation about Todd Downing. We're going to have a lot of conversation about however many third and shorts we, don't, we don't like. I understand that. Basically, Braden, everything that I said over the offseason about what they need to do to improve this offense, take the team to the next level, they basically just took it, put it in a dumpster, lit it on fire. <laughs> I, I, I have major – here's what I want to be clear on. I have major issues with the play calling on third and short. I know, well, I, mean, I know you have major issues with play calling on first down. Well, yeah, but look at third and short. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight failed third down conversions, and seven of them were five yards or less, which is an abnormally for the abnormal for this team. Yeah, they're very good in this situation. Normally, they're normally great in this situation. So, One of the NFL's best on third and short. So obviously, there, there's a first off. Later on the show, we're getting into. Week one lie detectors, right? We're going to talk about the lie detectors of week one in the NFL. I'm going to give you what's real, what's, what's not. What's real, what's yeah, not. Yeah. That's not real to me. No, it's not because traditionally this is one of the best teams in but third and short. But that's the reason they failed. I, I agree. I one agree. of the many and, and I think you need to – so to me when I tried to boil it down into one reason why this team 
has a is, is now behind the Colts and the Texans because of their tie was because of mistakes. Now, I could say that's Todd Downing making mistakes. I could also say it's Derrick Henry dropping a pass in the Wildcat. I could say that's Taylor Lewan missing a block on the Chigatonku uh, in yeah, the round. But when, but when there's three defenders over there, what's that one I, block really going to I'm not saying I like the call. I'm just yeah. saying there was garbage execution as well. I mean, only Taylor Lewan can only block so many defenders, and when nobody on the defense is fooled <laughs> just, by it. Just pick one, though, Taylor. Yeah, yeah hey, I do agree with that. Just pick one. <laughs> just and one. don't block him into Chig in the back of his legs. You cannot allow nine yards to carry to one of the best running backs in the NFL when it's not even complicated stuff. It is draw play, draw play, off tackle, draw play, missed tackles, double digits, according to I thought Mike Shane Vrabel. Bowen got a lot of escape, scapegoat ability yesterday. Meaning he didn't get – Because, Todd, yeah, he did not get – He didn't get blamed. Yes, I think the defense running the football, the, the rushing defense, was one of the biggest issues in that game. You cannot give up explosive plays. You cannot give up 60-yard run, 60-yard run, 60-yard pass, and, and expect it was to bad win. All you can't game. do it. It wasn't just bad after Saquon Barkley broke yeah. that yard, big, long 50-yard uh, run. If you go back and look, because I did this morning. See, that's my my thing, is that normally when I go back and watch the Titans game, I come away a little bit calmer. <laughs> now, what was weird... He texted me in the middle yeah. of watching, and it was not calm. <laughs> yeah. What's weird is that last night, or after the game, I was pretty calm. It's like, okay, well, the Titans aren't going to... They didn't win. I, I said they would probably play a close game, and, you know, that's just what Mike Vrabel does, which is a whole other philosophical discussion we're going to get into today. And they lost, and I put out a tweet. It's the kind of game, yeah, it sucks they lost, but it's the kind of game that next week they're going to beat the Bills by, you know, double digits, well, and yeah. everybody's going to forget about this game. See, I, I will push back on the explosive play defense in the first half, because the first half, the defense... Now, now I'm not saying they were explosive plays. Okay, okay. Let, so let me get to what I'm saying. All right, all right. In this, but if you go back and watch... Here. Yeah, if you go back and watch the game, they were giving up chunk yardage run plays in the second quarter, and that's when I, I was like, because I only got to listen to the second quarter. And so when I when I started watching, I'm like, oh, now I see why they decided to stick with the run. Yeah. Because it was working in the second quarter early and they were getting chunk plays. And that and I knew you could tell that it's kind of like when Henry's getting those chunk plays and you're like, okay, Henry's going to be breaking one off soon. That's what you can, you can say see it, exactly you can see about it You can see it building. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But it was 13-0, and there are some questions we can have about how the Titans played in the first half on offense, finishing drives. That is absolutely a question. But I wrote down a bunch of things like here, where did we what 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 went wrong? And to me, it was sloppy. That's it. I, I can't, it's sloppy play calling, it was sloppy blocking, it was sloppy sometimes on Derrick Henry's. It's a lot part. like the Alabama Texas game. <laughs> well, okay. Very, very much. Questionable play calling here and there, and it didn't seem like everybody all 22 players that needed to come play came to play. That, that being that being said, and Donovan's asking us about live on YouTube. We're live on the we, – we are live on the 440 Sports YouTube page, yes. so make sure you check that out. We um, are live on the 440 Sports YouTube page. There you have it. Um, and, again, if you want to chime in, George says, uh, don't discriminate. Their personnel selection is as bad as their play calling. I actually disagree with some of that. We'll get to that in a little oh, while. because well, I probably going to fight. They might as well call the oh, ambulance. Yeah? Well, it's, it's, there could be bottles flying. we got glass. Yeah, that, we don't want to break things here. The pharmacy, this wonderful, beautiful garden where there's – Look at all these wonderful folks hanging out back Jeff's here. Swing, can I take a glass? No, I don't want to promote Just Calm down. Okay. Calm down. Because I, 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 I disagree with – so Rex wrote a big story about this, and I disagree with Rex. Well, I, just, I haven't got to it, but I saw some clips. I disagree so. with Rex wrote as well. Like the, the, this was a football game that they should have won where they were the better team and they made mistakes. 
This has nothing to do with the Isaiah Wilson draft pick, in my opinion. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree with that. It has nothing to do with the decision-making this organization has had over the last two years. Fully agree. Their rookies were awesome on Fully Sunday. Agree. The quarterback was really solid on the Sunday. Offensive line the offensive line. Now, to it's, be fair. It's how they use the other players that aren't awesome <laughs> on the roster. I, and I think that's what George is getting That's at. fair. The unawesome players were not deployed properly, uh, a.k.a. not on the field. So, to me, it's this common – again, you still were in a position to win it with a field goal. You still – the pass pro was great. Now, to be fair, this was a bad Giants team without their two best pass rushers. So, let's be clear on the protection. Yes. But it was good. The rookies There were some interesting things that I don't know if anybody caught about the Giants pass rush on a couple of plays. They loaded up the left side and not the right side, which I thought was super interesting. Oh, when they were attacking – When they yes. were wanting to attack, yeah. they loaded up the left side. So, they – for whatever reason, did not want to attack a rookie right tackle on Nate Davis, who hadn't played a snap almost all offseason. Who Davis, I believe, graded out as the number one yeah, offensive number one player. Offensive line. To and listen, Nicholas Petit Ferrer was, I think, number two in very good league. All right, so should we, should, point. should we organize the good and the bad here? Because I think there's oh, some gosh. good. There's okay. some good. Let's, let's start. There's you want to start good. positive? Let's start positive. because Positive the rookie class. Rookies were fantastic. You had a starting right tackle. Roger McCreary, McCreary played almost every single snap. Kyle Phillips Can I say led the team. Roger McCurry real quick that I never noticed before. Go for it. Are you an NBA Jam or an NBA uh, Showtime? Jam, guy? Jam, Jam. Okay, so NBA Jam, NBA Showtime for other people, and if you play other NBA 2K, I can't help you. Um, he looks like a, a player where you put in a code and it shrinks the player. Like, okay, <laughs> Scott Skiles uh, from the Orlando Magic. Remember the uniform how small looks, he was? The uniform looks bigger. <laughs> yeah, but you remember how small he was compared to That's everybody true. else in the original NBA That's Jam? That's true. That is the one thing I noticed about Roger McCreary, and and I think that leads credence to what Mike Rabel said. Roger McCreary played great. Leads credence to what he said about not wanting to put Roger McCreary in the slot on first to second down because he's afraid he's going to get lost in the show. Yeah, and that's and listen, we're going to get to Dylan Cole at the end of the game. Oh, oh, um, oh five snaps and two. Well, we're going to we're going we're we're to get to getting lost in the shuffle yeah. <laughs> with Dylan Cole at the end of the game. But the rookies were really really good. We got to talk first about the rookies, and even Brable said it today in his press conference on Monday. We got more production out of our rookies than we've had in a long time. This game has affected me so much; I'm almost over. Yeah, just just take it easy, man. Yes. Is, we're not. We can't run out of tempo in the first quarter here. <laughs> but you have a starting right tackle, a starting corner. You're, the two top targets on offense were rookie wide receivers, Kyle mm-hmm. Phillips and Traylon Burks, who both made plays. And Dontrell Hilliard, who was great, who didn't get enough snaps, 11 snaps, uh, atrocious. I'm not sure if he counts as a rookie, but. But I'm okay. just saying, I'm, just, I'm trying to go with the good. Chig made I got one a lot big, of energy Chig, right Chig now. should have been used a little bit more. We can have that discussion, which we're going to do, but Chig made a, made a play. He made one, you know, the, the, the jet sweep wasn't really his fault. Um, I, Jeffrey Simmons is a absolute monster who's going to make a fortune, and I'm glad I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> and here's what I said about so. Jeffrey Simmons during the game. He looked a lot better in his first game than the Beast of the Bay, Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah there's no question about that. Amani Hooker made play after play after play because he's Got always in the, the run game. Little, little true, but I thought he was pretty solid. The pass pro we've already talked about yeah. being pretty solid. And then Ryan Tannehill, we got to talk about Ryan Tannehill just having a solid game. Again, he had time to throw. I think, and this – I don't want to pivot into Todd Downing yet because we're going to spend some time on Todd Downing. But they, the way that Brian Dayball used Daniel Jones and his legs and his misdirection is, I think, the one place I would have liked to have seen more of Tannehill. That's been were, the big thing loading going up on lately. Henry. A lot of requests is to use Tannehill wheels more. 
I, I and, and I do agree. I do agree with that. And and I don't I don't have a problem with that because especially when your run game is stifling a little bit, it's good to maybe do something that gets people away from maybe Derrick Henry being the run threat and all that kind of stuff. I think when you look at it as well, Braden, about Hill specific game, we, we talked about it. he's he was phenomenal in first down when passing the ball. Especially the long touchdown did. drive in the second yeah. half where they threw the ball three times on first down yeah. and all of them were effective. And and they did a lot of play action, 37.3, and he was great in play action. And But 11 plays on first down were for pass plays out of probably 32 or 33. I couldn't find a specific number of run plays, but let's say 32 or 33. Just 11. And he was doing 14 air yards. Number one in the – not only was he number yards. one in air Ooh. yards in the NFL so far – barring tonight's game, Monday night's game. But he was also number one in efficiency on first down. And on all passing downs, he was number four in efficiency. So efficient, Ryan Tannehill was back for at least game one. Great sign. And here's the, here's something else. I saw the Tim Kelly effect in four different ways. Oh, four different ways? Pre-snap motion was way up. Okay. Okay, so okay. that is something I talked about is that helps this team. I talked about in the solo pod in a couple weeks ago. Pre-snap motion was way up this game. You could you saw it on almost every play. Pass run, doesn't matter. Pre-snap motion was, was a big effect. You are fired up today. Oh, I am. Route spacing. I thought the route spacing on even plays that fell incomplete, I thought the route spacing was really good. Okay. Tim okay. Kelly effect. Deeper ran routes, and they were ran quicker. They weren't long developing routes. They were just long routes. Okay. And I think that it, this is the full, they ran 37.3% of play action plays. That was the fourth most play action percentage of the Downing era. So I think that okay. that is a good sign. This is it's a good sign going forward. <coughs> I will say this. He had two negative decisions all game, I thought. And he had two bad throws. So he had two negative decisions, two bad throws. But he had four drops as well. Uh, 9% of his passes were dropped, yeah. which is not good. So I look at this way. The two negative decisions, he just missed NWI open. Uh, NWI in front of Burks in that end zone uh, pass, okay. whatever Burks said. In the field of vision, wide open. Take On third down, you should take the first down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the other one was uh, the uh, Kyle Phillips stopped his route so it's kind of on Kyle Phillips but it's also on Ryan Tannehill he stopped his route he should have gone over Kyle Phillips to NWI who was again open on a crosser so bad dis- negative decisions I wouldn't necessarily say they're bad negative decisions but I, I don't know so the one observation I would make and this yeah. is mostly about the second half with Tannehill and I don't know specifically if this is on Tannehill because Brable talked on Monday at his press conference about sort of you know if receivers are open it's not their fault if the play is designed to go left and then all of a sudden it takes time to get back to the right and like there's not time to do that sometimes. But there was a lot of ISO man-to-man in the fourth quarter by the by the Giants defense against Burks and against Woods. And it felt like Tannehill didn't even look at it pre-snap. So again, maybe that's not maybe that's the way it was designed. Maybe that's not what they wanted him to do. And maybe that's fine. But like I literally said it over and over again in the press box and people are like, it's like they don't even care that Traylon Burks is out there wide in man-to-man coverage with a rolled up corner and they're not even looking at him and it happened and, a, and a bunch of different times run what he only, he's only out there for 22 snaps yeah. which is another egregious error by well and team. and Vrabel did did say that they he had some more um i don't want to say it's not insults it's um critiques of Traylon burke's finishing routes down the field and going getting the ball like he had a little bit more finish your running after the catch although he i think he had 11 yards per reception yards yes. after catch among the best in the NFL, he ended up with 33 yards or something like that. Here's what I would say to wrap up the good. 
you made mistake after mistake after mistake in special teams on third down on run defense uh, down the line, and you missed a fairly makeable, normally makeable field goal to win the game. I, I, and I think you, you shouldn't, you, you can't throw the baby a, out with the like bathwater. It's like a 70% water. makeable field goal. Should have right? won the game. And and it could have been made if the Titans, if we want to get into the bad or the ugly, whatever you want to call Let's it. Let's go bad first and then get to the ugly. Uh, the bad, I guess I would say. Because I'm, I'm including just, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up the good by saying, even with all the bad we're about to talk about, they put themselves in a position to win. They dominated the first half. They were clearly the better team. It was sloppy. It's week one. They all count, but this team will be better, and well, they're going to be better next week, even if they get beat by the Bills. I'll, I'll say the bad is stuff that will be corrected that I think are out of the norm, and I think one of those we touched on was the failed third down conversions. I think that's abnormal. I think Derrick Henry and the way he looked is normal for Derrick Henry in September, and but abnormal for the rest of the season. And It's not – I have no concern about Derrick Henry. All right, so maybe I should ask you this Henry stuff yeah. then before we get to the bad, because I don't think it's good or bad. I think it's in the middle, and I'm just yeah. curious. I don't think it's – I don't know what it is, and that's what I want to ask. He's been – he's bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I stood next to him at camp, all camp. He's bigger. Now, is it a combination of week one, new offensive line, um, the way the Giants were playing the, the rushing game? He looked more hesitant. He looked a half a step slower, less decisive. I'm not sure any of that's necessarily his fault, but he does. He did look bigger and less quick twitchy, if that's a thing to me in person. That's the way he looked from the press box. And it, I'm not the only one who noticed yeah. that. The whole thing just looked a little bit slower. The run blocking, the reading, the cut and go, Henry, it just – maybe it's just it needs time. It's just week one. You mentioned how he normally looks in September. Just what did you see from him, and did you see that one half a beat slow like I did? I think what I saw was being only being able to play one game over a span of what eleven months. I mean that that's. I mean that'll, I that'll I, do it. I, I think that I, I I don't think that Henry is any less athletic or or speedy than what he was. I think that this goes back to maybe this may be a bad kind of a retroactive bad. Not getting reps in the preseason for this team is not working for the starting the starting twenty two. It didn't work last year in week one. It didn't work this year in week one. Derek Henry needed some reps because those first few reps that a player takes in a live game action getting tackled, that takes a lot of mental there's a lot of mental to that, right? Yeah. And he obviously wasn't that comfortable running behind either of the sides. It took a little bit for him to get comfortable. Yeah. Again, that's stuff you should be hammering out. Hell, he wouldn't even he wasn't even allowed to practice. We'll say put it at that. Yeah, I mean, he really wasn't. Yeah. Um, by the way, I got to add pass rush to the good. Category. Yeah, no, pass rush pass was very good. Was by the killer. way, I mean, I, I, I Rashad know that. Weaver's on pace to have twenty-two more sacks than Harold Landry. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, pass yeah. pass rush. No context. Was great. Harold Landry, I don't think was missed as much in the past oh, as he was in the run game. We're going to get to Harold Landry and where I think they. But missed him, all, but all their runs that were successful were over to the left. Were over to the left side where Harold Landry does not play. So. I, I just saw a the whole entire run game felt a beat off, felt a beat slow. Some of that looked like Derek. Some of that looked like the offensive line. The offensive line, line the I thought thing. did not look very put together on their run blocks as much as they usually are. Um, I. I I thought Taylor Lewan was probably the worst offensive lineman, maybe Ben Jones they, and Aaron Brewer, but they, they didn't. They, they, that, that whole Ben Jones to Taylor Lewan 
was nowhere near as good well, as Nate Davis and NPF, which and, is and all the all the penalties on first yeah. down holding or false starts were Brewer and Lewan. Most it's, of them. it's it's and wild. If you would have told me that that was the the problem child of week one, yeah. I would have just laughed in your face. All right. Um, so I just but I just want to get. Your, I'm not concerned about Derek. Henry. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm not. Either. Get me to October to to ask me if a concern okay. or. Uh, Maybe even the, the, the next two weeks. I don't know. Buffalo looked pretty good against Cam Akers, but they let we'll big see. runs against Dar- Darrell Henderson. You know, give me a few weeks before I okay. push the panic alarm really on anything. Okay. No, I, I totally agree. Week one, we'll get to sort of lie detector. The bad here, um, and again, this isn't the ugly, which is going to be like Todd Downing in a second. So just, Christian Fulton needs to be better. Uh, there's no question you about know, that. He was the top-rated run defender, and I thought That's that odd. there was a lot of runs where he. No, he's the one who missed. Position. He's the one who missed on Barkley's long run down the sideline, the 68-yarder that got well, the whole second. But half also, started. Zach Cunningham got washed away. But Dupree got washed yeah. away and out of position. They. Christian Fulton and Amani Hooker should have never been in the position they were. Yeah, on fair. that specific play, but they were. And I think you got to. That's why I don't understand yeah. that phrase. So, so, so I think I think they're important to, to keep in mind. Red red glove Christian Fulton is better than white glove Christian Fulton. <laughs> that is what we learned. That are, is science. It's science. It's science. Red glove Christian Fulton is better than white glove Christian Fulton. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, by the way, the good here are the burgers and the fries and the beers. It's driving me nuts. The smell of this that? burger. <laughs> I think there's what's it's, on there. Jalapeno. Right? The Chipotle oh, burger. Oh my oh, god, it looks good. So we are, of course, here live at the Pharmacy uh, Burger Parlor and Beer Garden. Yes. Every Monday, 1 p.m., come on out, have lunch. You can get here. There's uh, all kinds of seats here. Eat, well, you can. Come, come uh, behind bring, the camera. Bring your There's kids. There's a lot of seats back here available. Yeah, this is all packed back yeah. here. Maybe. Look at this beer garden. they got a soda parlor inside. So. I keep saying I want an audience yeah, here a lot. We know that Zach wants an audience. Um, so that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the good. Uh, and of course, the pharmacy here. Our live shows every single Monday. Um, I want to talk Michael Cole real fast. Dylan, uh, Cole. Dylan Cole. Michael, Michael Cole. Pruitt. Mike, Michael, no, Cole. Michael Cole is an announcer for WWE. I, 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 I have I have no he idea what that. Wrestling. Yeah, I don't. I don't, don't actually watch it. To him. I, I feel it now. Damn it, my secret's out. Um, all right, uh, D- Dylan Cole. Here's the problem with Dylan Cole, and I know I noticed one of your tweets about this. Like, why is he in the game instead of David Long? The three plays I'm about to mention, David Long was in the game on all three of them. The fourth down bootleg by Daniel Jones. On, on They're all in the same drive within five plays of each other. Dylan Cole is the outside edge rusher, and he crashes down hard, and he would have been contained on Daniel Jones getting outside. It eventually was Danico Autry who chased him down and knocked him out, I think. So that's number one. Number two, the play-action pass on the goal line that scores the touchdown. Dylan Cole rushes inside on the – bites on the fake, tight end fl- dro- drops out into the flats. Number three, Saquon Barkley two-point conversion. Dylan Cole is on the end of the line, stood up in a two-point stance, is in position to make the play, actually, and misses the play, actually gets a face mask on Barkley, technically. The problem with all three of those plays, he was lined up where Harold Landry would be lined up. He was in a stand-up outside linebacker position. Now, maybe not exactly the spot that Harold Landry would be, but Adenahy was out at that time with the shoulder, who's now question was questionable. Adenahy might have been in those situations as well. All three of those plays you could put on Dylan Cole and David Long was on the field for all three of them inside playing on the inside. So that having a player in those three critical spots in a position where he's supposed to make a play and doesn't, I'm not suggesting that he should have won the game for them, but those three plays by Dylan Cole, all of which, you know, I think Harold Landry makes or even Ola Adenigi makes. 
Well, I, I don't understand that. Why does it go in the red zone package? Harold Landry, Ola Denny, possibly, and Dylan Cole. Right, we we've know. seen this team put Nick DeZubnar, <laughs> Nick DeZubnar in those positions, in the same exact positions, and he sucks too. <laughs> so out of all the players that you have, why Dylan Cole? I think you're because what Landry brings you in those situations is the speed to get back out, right, or to drop into coverage. And again, I just I and think again, he was, Dylan Cole does not have that speed. No, he doesn't. I think he just misplayed each of them. He bit on the two fakes. And give credit to Daniel Jones and Dayball. They they used his legs when they needed to at the right time. They used the play action fake because they were because eventually the Titans had to crash into the box to stop the run because they couldn't do that either to start most of the game. So again, I just I'm not like I'm not, I'm not trying to like rip the guy into shreds here or whatever. But the guy was in on the th- three of the most critical plays on defense, and all three of them. And if, he only played five there, defensive snaps, which is even worse. And three, three of them bad. were bad. Yeah, those are pretty bad. That, that, to me, screams this team didn't really think through the red zone package, which I don't feel like I say often that this team didn't think through something, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But Well, that's maybe where a Denny – But, if but he's why, is Dylan, why is Rashad Weaver not out there? Well, I think Weaver was in lined up. Okay, so Danico Autry. Had his hand in the dirt. Okay, so Demarcus Walker. I mean, eventually yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah, run yeah. into like 33 players that should have been in there before Dylan Cole. <laughs> I think you're, you're probably right. Yeah. Here's my here's my question: Is why isn't it a guy like Amani Hooker? Yeah. Like, I, like I, roll I a guy. going to get into those guys next. Roll him into the roll him onto the outside linebacker situation and play play small ball, yeah. if you will. I, I don't know. It's a tough listen. Dayball's a really good play caller. He, really he's good. A really and good and let me say that so let's be honest about the this. play action pass to Myrick or whatever the tight end, where also not only does Dylan Cole really bite, Kevin Byer and Caleb everybody, Farley everybody really is. bite yeah. because because they all bit because it's the same play in the same formation they called the play earlier, and now they made a variation where it's play action pass. Yep. But Dylan Cole also prevented Kevin Byer from doing any kind of recovery too because he stood in the way of essentially he tripped up Kevin uh, Kevin Byer uh, as well. So to me, yeah. it's like. It's, it, it goes to sloppiness, and people – and let me say this about Dylan Cole. He didn't play a lot in the preseason because he was in and out of practices and everything throughout the whole yep. thing. That's not – to me, it, it goes back to – I can I can point to Nick DeZubnar again. I just like hearing you say his name. <laughs> yeah. He, he is atrocious in the red zone. He allowed – every time he played, they allowed a point. I mean, a touchdown, two-point conversion. He was a one-point-per-play kind of guy. He was was so bad, and it's specifically in the red zone. But it goes down to, remember, targeting Khalif Raymond in the Ravens game, targeting um, NWI in, you know, the Bengals game. Critical moments, this team thinks that the every, any guy, the next man up mentality works. And at this point, they've proven enough that the next man mentality works. It's pretty it's, good. It's magic. It's pretty good, normally. But it doesn't work in critical yeah. moments. So it failed. Your your best players should always be on the field in critical moments. And this yeah. was not the best configuration of players, despite the Ola Daney injury. And I have a feeling you're going to repeat that sentence, literally, oh, when, we talk, it all day. when we talk about third down on offense. Um, George says, sometimes I feel like this team is too experimental in week one. I don't know if I be, if I agree with experimental. Because stuff that you told me off air about Maybe what too they trustworthy. do in practice. How about that? Yeah, I think too trustworthy. Stuff they said that you said they were practicing off off field that you couldn't really tell the massive, right? And you did put some stuff out there that you were, were allowed to. But we've had conversations. Yeah, yeah. And we kept it off air. I saw a lot of that stuff be used in the game. So they practice. And, and let me say something. They practice plays 
And if you want to get into Chico Conquo and that, whatever, the, the end around, <laughs> they practice plays. Under Vrabel, this team practices weird plays every week based on looks they think they get from the defense, and they'll enact those plays. And so far, the three off the top of my head have all failed miserably. Well, so it's interesting you bring that up because we're going to talk about it. Uh, they practice the end game situation specifically, as Vrabel said on Monday. We wanted the ball on this hash. We practiced it. We calmly walk up to the line of scrimmage. We spike it. I think my initial thoughts when watching this, and I think most of the fans in the building, were like, what are we doing here? But it was ex- they executed exactly what they think now. A horrible play, by the, the way. Problem, they lost three fucking yards on The problem wasn't that play, and it wasn't that decision. The problem was the delay of game costing the timeout, which there means they could not run a play. a delay of game. They had it snapped before, I know, I know. before the thing. They called the timeout. But, but Tannehill was rushing. He didn't want the five yards. He wasn't even rushing. He was so calm. I watched it. Okay, start. okay. He was if, not rushing. If the Titans were on the – with the timeout and 18 seconds to go, you run a play let's, to, let's, to gain yards. This is an ugly for me. But 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 he, this is the thing. You can call it ugly and you may not like it, but to your point about how they practiced it, that how they executed the end of that was exactly how they practiced it. He missed the 47-yard field goal that he makes so seven out of ten So they practiced times. to lose three yards on play. They practiced to – Get it over to the hash, and that horizontally was more important than vertically by a couple of yards. Three yards. And, and it was about it was about two or three yards. Three yards, and I had, counted. I paused it and counted. Well, he didn't, he, they gave him a good spot because the weird Tannehill stopped. Like, Tannehill didn't even go to the ground. It was Anyway, it felt weirder. It was not executed. Whatever they practiced to me, that should not be the play you'd be practicing. Well, they practice walked, a different play other than the guy that goes. That you first. Off, they you walked right up play. to the line of scrimmage, calmly snapped the ball, spiked it with exactly the time they planned to spike. The whole thing was planned. The problem is they should have been five yards closer. They should have had the timeout and run a play at 18 seconds and done the whole thing sooner. They just didn't. They still could have ran still plays at 18 them. seconds. They still, That's why I don't understand the whole thing. That thing, to me, isn't ugly. I, I hate that okay. sequence of events. It's what he wanted to do, though. Yeah. Well, he's wrong. Okay, well. Okay, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. It does, just because that's what he wanted to do doesn't make it right or correct or smart. Make the kick. And and to me, well, I agree. But, hey, you know what? People were saying, oh, I miss Ryan Suckup. And oh. I saw someone say something about Ryan Suckup, and immediately he misses a 36-yard. Kicking was a big problem in college and pro football all weekend long. Yeah. There's it, no question. There is ugly, no 100%. Ugly, ugly. Unless you're Justin Tucker, there is no kicker that is 100% going to make every kick every time. And I get it. You make the kick. They didn't do him fucking any justice by no, 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 losing no, no. three yards. No, it is. That, I agree with that, but it is where he wanted the ball. He rather would have it three yards it, back than on the right than it was where it was. I, that's can up you to not Randy do Bullock. three yards up, or can you not do the same yardage? I mean, why are we doing three I, yards I, back? I don't disagree with you, Zach, but they didn't lose the game because of the two and a half or three yards. That's not why oh, they that's lost part the game. of it. The, the kick was way wide. It wasn't even close. Uh, I, my wasn't thing close. is, is that. First off, he almost shanked it. Here's the whole sequence is why they lost. Okay, and that's what I'm trying to get at is that first off, the the Giants called the timeout. You had time to get a playoff. They're they're about to get the playoff. Vrabel calls timeout. Dumb on their part, by the way. I think that's the part I don't agree. agree That's the part I don't agree with. Okay, you come back and then you're going to run the play to be a three yard loss because that's essentially what you're doing. You're saying, okay, we're going we're going to lose three yards to get the hash. And maybe that's not their intent, but that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. More like happen. a half a yard. But you have 18 do. seconds, and you've been moving the ball down the field through the air with Kyle Phillips, who's been getting out of bounds. So that's number two of why they lost. That That is that – is And a, they lost the whole game because they couldn't keep their throat on the whole game, and that showed up well, that's true. In, in that last 18 seconds where they decided to play play coward ball. Okay, now that I've got your, your energy levels are up mm. here again, 
<clears throat> let's get to the third downs because I want to. I'm going to read through this first. Don't don't say that. Don't say that. So all I've, I I went back and rewatched and tracked all five third down attempts on offense in the second half. Here's what they were. Third and one. This is the first drive after the second half. Third and one. Derrick Henry taking your pick. <laughs> third and one. Derrick Henry drops the wildcat snap. The blocking wasn't great. Poor execution. Don't really have a problem with the play call. Third and, mm. third and two on the next drive. Hang on. Third and two on the next drive. They hit Dontrell Hilliard in the flats with a well-executed play. Dontrell Hilliard drops the ball. Again, play call would have worked if the receiver caught the pass. We can discuss whether or not you want Hilliard making that catch or not, but the dude made two touchdowns. I, I want him to catch I'm that. okay. He, sh- he, he should have caught that. Third and five, they throw Kyle Phillips down in the red zone, catches a really great pass, gets nailed. They pick up a first down. Third and three, Ryan Tannehill – and this is where I think Ryan Tannehill missed, actually. They, third and three, Nick W.I. is on the left. He runs an out slant, beats his man. Ryan Tannehill is absolutely late on the throw. Absolutely late on the throw. Yeah. It ends up going into triple coverage. one of my bad throws. It goes into triple coverage, and everyone in the box is like, why are you throwing into triple coverage? Well, he, he should have thrown when Nick – when Nick W.I. is – when Nick W.I. is technically correct. When he was open because he beat his man on the double move. So you got to throw it. It's got to be. It's got to be there on his chest faster. That's third and three. So again, poor execution. Not necessarily poor play call. Taylor Lewan lifts on the uh, whiffs on the third and one with the jet sweep, which I completely disagree with. So yeah. my, I say all of this to say a lot of player execution problems in those five calls. Which, to your point about being that bad on third and short over the course of an entire game, that is not going to continue every single game. Hilliard's going to make that catch. Ryan's going to make the right read. Henry's not going to drop the snap. Now, that's the good. That's the – that's, that, well, it's not the good. It's the context. Yeah, it's the, now, what do you want to see Todd Downing do on third and short? Uh, basically be at home watching the game. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, that's the only way anything's truly going to get fixed. He, he is a problematic play caller. We've now had now, I guess, eight, 17 games in the regular season, one in the playoffs. And now we're on number 18. He's a problematic play caller. There's no salvaging him. And and listen, he's calling plays within the confines of the op, of the philosophy of the head coach. Because okay. he is not a conservative offensive play caller because you saw that in in Oakland when he, in 2017. He's not a conservative play caller. But his play designs on both basically everything and his his feeling for flow of the game and his usage of personnel now i i do shift some of the blame to mike Vrabel on this we don't know really he has final say he's the head coach yeah right i mean that's where i'm at he has final say he's in fact teron kind of alluded to it like although cody hollister did make a big play yeah teron davenport kind of i don't know if it was a just a a, a gap or whatever, but in Monday's press conference with Mike Verbal, he says, do you find it difficult when you call plays? <laughs> and then he then added on Tim Kelly and, yeah, and, yeah. and Todd Downey, which makes me feel like, I think it, the best kept secret is, is that Mike Vrabel's tendencies are all, and fingerprints are all over the offensive philosophy. Right? I yeah. mean, we've seen it now through three offensive coordinators. They struggle or refuse to keep their foot on the gas when they get a lead. They they, they just don't do it. The difference between Mike Vrabel and Mike Zimmer is that Mike Vrabel, Vrabel is a really good head coach and really good on the defensive side of the ball, disguising, helping, and doing all that, and the players love him. Well, I was going to say, the players love him, and the that teaching matters. and the development and stuff yeah. is 
is what's important. Here, here's the thing I would say about Todd Downing in general. It's not really all that different, to your point about the fingerprints. The system and the plays themselves are not all that different. And you've already alluded to some of the longer routes that are quick long routes yeah. that Tim Kelly has implemented. They're not all that different. But play calling, I believe, is an innate skill. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have to know when and how and where. And I think Brian Dayball has it. Oh, Brian, right? Brian Dayball always had it. That's why Alabama hired him. I mean, my God, it – He's got Richie James out there constantly being open because Shane Bowen is doing a soft zone the whole time. <laughs> yeah, right. And and the way they use Tony, like I just think the, the the play action. I will say, the majority of the now, I want you to talk about the running and passing on first down because I know that's a big deal for you. There were a lot of runs that worked on first down. There was a lot of runs that didn't work on first down. On their touchdown drive, the one scoring drive in the second half, they they started the drive with a play-action pass to Traylon Burks to the sideline for like nine yards. Then they got they got down the field a little bit, holding penalty on first down, a long run. So like the two good long runs on first down were brought back by penalties. Then he goes the deep in route to Burks over the middle that picks up like 25 or 30 yards. And then there's another throw on first down. So three separate times they threw on first down, and that's the drive they scored the touchdown on. So is it is it – getting into third and two is good play calling in right. theory. It, they didn't execute in that situation. You, what about first down play call? Uh, it's more of the same. In fact, it's worse. They they averaged sixty one percent run plays last year, and they were sixty five percent or sixty four percent. Giants were number one this week. Yeah, which I'm not surprised. Running the they ball on first be, down, right? I mean, like, shouldn't they be? Because, but it worked. But it worked for two hundred and forty yards. Yeah, though. well, that comes down to defense. But I think that when I think they have a problem seeing what's actually working in the game. And I don't know Ooh, okay. who, who that is. Who does that fall on to that they are not seeing what is working in the game? Because Todd Downing was on the sidelines. And I want to say that Todd Downing was in the booth last year a lot. I, I'll, I'll say this. I don't, in general, like sideline play callers. Yeah. In general, because I think when you have the booth. I would assume booth, Tim Kelly's in the booth. When you have the booth, there's a lot more tracking of stuff that happens. Yeah. Now, I know he's got his chart and he can mark down what he's got. And there's a lot of very good play callers on the cameras side. and all that. And there's a lot of very good play callers on the sideline. I'm not denying that either, but I, to, to your point about, um, all right, this play worked. Let's make sure we lock that away. Let's go back to it. Maybe in a different formation with a different look in a different situation. So it's not anticipated, but let's make sure we're going back to that. Yeah. They, that I thought they, it's to me, it's like, I don't really hate the entire game. It's just the mistakes and the sloppiness and the uh, lack of continuity. I thought the, uh, here's what I say. Cause I, there's a couple of people that responded to me on Twitter when I was talking about stuff and they said, well, the offense just sucks. I don't agree with that. No, I don't because, either. because I think the players that were executing for the most part, I'd say 90% of the players on the field, the offensive skill players looked much better than what they fielded last year at times. I thought that Ryan Tannehill looked comfortable he looked, he looked like a man that looked like 2019, 2020 Ryan Tannehill. There's a lot to take away from this game. I I think that there was an over-reliance on guys like Cody Hollister, and I know he made the toe-drag toe swag, but there's no reason that Cody Hollister and Jeff and Derrick Henry should be your only pass-catching weapons on a play. It was third and four. The there was yeah. one that was like third and four That's near third the third and end four zone. near the end zone. And there's no way that that, that should be playable. That should not be in your book. At third and four in the red zone. That's where that's where I have the issue. And I've been on Todd Downing's right. ass this whole time. And nothing has changed. 
how much of that is Todd Downing and how much of that is the philosophy of Mike Vrabel. And I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive philosophy of Mike Vrabel. And I, but I will say this. His self-belief in his own guys that he's yeah. trained. Yes. Right? And I will say Like you this. love your own children more than everybody else's yeah. children. Yeah. Pretty much. I think that's a great way to put it. He loves his kids, My kids more are than, better than your kids. Else. And I think when you get down to it, I will say this about this offense and, and Mike Vrabel. I talked about how the run game and the pass game needs to run independently of each other. I felt a shift that the run game didn't matter what they were being successful at in the past game. Not saying that that continues, but I saw signs mm. under Tim Kelly okay. that these routes and everything aren't dictated by. I mean, 37.3% of your dropbacks being a play action is a good sign. That means that regardless that the run offense was not working, the Russian offense was really not working, they stuck to their guns. Because normally last year, when that would happen, when Derrick Henry wasn't going off like crazy and when they didn't have a rushing attack, they would abandon the play action. They, they did yeah, that's true. That. No, they did a good job of that. I, I will say this. like Cody Hollister is not supposed to be on the active roster. He's not. He, and he should not be getting significant snaps over someone like Trey Lumber. I will say what I like about this team is the same thing I liked about it all offseason, which is that, and I think Burks and Phillips will grow into these roles. I think Cooper, like they targeted Woods more than it looks like on paper because he drew a couple of PIs that were important. Uh, one on the touchdown drive in the second half. I like the different pieces. I like what they've got. When you go, when you have Hooper and Chig and Woods and Burks and Phillips and NWI, like they have a lot of guys that can do a few different things very well. And I like even Swain does what he does okay. <clears throat> he doesn't need to be the primary focus in critical situations. But some of these guys are rookies. Some of these guys are new pieces. Three of them are rookies. Just, just rip the Band-Aid off. Like, why, why, maybe, why that's not, maybe that's true. You, you're ripping the Band-Aid off with Roger McCurry, and you're, yeah, getting, you're getting rewarded that's for true. it. NPF, you're getting rewarded for it. These guys have earned their spot, and Kyle Phillips was rewarded with it, right? Uh, do you think that it is – Kyle Phillips was especially Traylon in the Burks getting 22 snaps is, is do you fucking ridiculous. Do you think it's more about – just Burks not being ready for all the snaps? Do you I, think it's more about I, being... I don't see... You're talking about a guy that was second in separation, in average separation in the NFL, only second okay. to Debo Samuel. The guy is the playmaker you're wanting, right? You're wanting this playmaker. Everybody's talking about, well, there's no guy that can catch the ball on this team and run it in for yards after catch and all, blah, blah, blah. Traylon Burks. Burks is that guy. Yeah, he will. But I think he will. Team, but when you're, 30, when you're only getting 30% of the offense snaps, you can't be that guy. Yeah, and I, I am... I guess what my question is, is I'm curious if there's more to that story. If because Vrabel was more critical of Burks than anybody else. Listen, are you going to nitpick everything? I mean, not you. But if you're Vrabel, right, right, right. it's like when he said, well, Hilliard wasn't in on the, the things because, you know, he was dealing with something. And Hilliard's like, no, I'm, you know, if you're going to lie, get your, get your, get your players to lie with, yeah, you. <laughs> with you. All I right. mean, give me a, give me a break. I, I, I got a lot of issues with this step, and I'm not, not in like fire Mike Brady, no, 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 fire no, no, John no, no, Robinson, no. fire Todd Downing for sure. I, it's it's about play calling, feel. Yeah. It's about personnel utilization, right? Yeah. And offensive philosophies. Those are the big three, and those are all very nebulous kind of terms sometimes that are hard to sort of like exactly say what you need. Let's see how it evolves. Let's see how it plays out. It will be to me. It will be very obvious. If they need to get rid of Todd Downing, hey, it'll be very obvious. Here's the thing about this Jeff Swain thing. This will be the thing that we end up right. Okay. I will be done. We'll go, to Weiss Lickers, go to Weiss Lickers. Go to Weiss Liquors. Check out the Kingston Group and always, always come to we'll the get the, We'll get the college football after this. 
Swain played the most snaps of any offensive skilled player. And and he played 25 run block snaps, five pass block snaps. So he only did five. So why, what's he even in there for if you're only going to do five pass block snaps? To help MPF, frankly. Uh, A I, lot of those were chipping with MPF. Well, then he only did it five times. And then 50, he ran 15 routes. 15! And he was targeted on 26% of those routes. We were joking in the and press box. And three of those were from the slot. I think if you follow my Twitter account during the game, and we were joking in the press box that Swaim was leading the team in targets for the, the vast the majority of the game. The runs through Jeff Swaim, apparently. It doesn't run through Derrick Henry. It doesn't run Nobody through agrees anybody. with that. Nobody wants that to happen. Yeah. My thing is, is that if you're lining Jeff Swaim up in the slot, why is that not going to Chica Conklu or Austin Hill? I agree with that part. Okay. I agree with that part. When if you know that he's not going to stay in and block, why are you not giving that to Austin Hooper or Chica Conklu? I don't have an answer for you, Zach. And if you're a shitty blocker, <laughs> how Austin Hooper, I don't care what Mike Vrabel says. Watch the tape. Austin Hooper is a better blocker than Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain absolutely sucks. And this is a problem that's not only a Todd Downing issue, this is a Mike Vrabel issue, and this is a John Robinson issue. Hey, I paid this guy $3 million. I'm a dumbass issue. Wow. I, what Jeff am I supposed Swain to say? Is the I, most hated person. I don't. I think Jeff I think Swain. I hate him more than Rashawn Evans. I think Jeff Swain is taking an, a lot of stray bullets. He, I don't think they're stray when you play forty-five snaps. You put yourself in the spot. He caught seventy-five like percent of his targets. <laughs> is a seventy-five for nineteen yards? Seventy-five percent catch rate. His Jeff average Swain. depth of target was one yard. I know. I know. And one of them almost got him a first. Uh, listen, I think Jeff Swain is a totally fine third tight end. Do I wish they're that, playing him as tight end? What right, they're playing him like right. he's Travis Kelsey. This is my issue. Do I want Tory Carter, Jeff Swaim, and Corey Hollister on the field for third and four inside the fifteen yard line? That is a different conversation than is Jeff Swaim fine as a third tight end? I don't want those three on the field at all together. I I, 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 I agree. And, and I let agree. me say something. I like Tory Carter. I think he's got a good thing. He's not playing as well as what he was playing at last year, in my opinion. He missed a few blocks. Yeah. I thought. I thought. And yes. and Cody Hollister is just a guy. Those, if you ever, I, I feel like if you ever put those three as your main pass catching targets with Derrick Henry on the field, that they should really go down there, take your headset away, and take your playbook away on that play. Okay. Because that is that is ridiculous. You look at the Chiefs. You go and look at what the Vikings did under Kevin O'Connell. Vikings offense is going to be they awesome. They put their throat. On their offensive oh, yeah. opponents yeah. throughout the whole game. The what, I, what I tell you about the Vikings offense, yeah. I told you that offense is going to be The Titans too. had a chance to do that. They did. And they did not. And it's a, some of it's a little bit on execution, but mainly it is play calling, in my opinion. Um, okay. Bad defense, run defense, bad explosive play defense, questionable play calling, first down and third down, questionable personnel packages, missed field goal, muffed punt. I. Injury to Denny and Landry causing depth issues at the outside linebacker. You can point – this is a football game, folks, and a lot of things happen. A lot of things are why you lose. There's also a lot more games to go. Real quick, lie detector. Lie detector. Let's go rapid rapid fire. Okay, Colts. Do you believe – do you think that's the Colts we see all year for the most part? A bunch of turnovers, sloppy game. Matt Ryan looks – arm looks dead. Is that truth or lie? Uh, I think that's pretty close to reality. And I think the Texans are going to be better than people think. Okay, do you think the Texans are going to win more than five games? True, 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 or lie? 
No, because of the tie. Gotcha. Oh yeah, <laughs> if the they would have won yesterday, I would say I would say yes. Uh, no. Trevor Lawrence looked like crap. Yeah, he did. Truth or lie? Uh, I'm glad that I told everyone in our draft here at the pharmacy, by the way, yes, to take Tua to take Tua over Trevor. Yeah. Um, but you've been touting Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence will be much much better. That's a lie. Okay, a lie. Uh, I'm gonna go with lastly Lamar Jackson. Is he going to get franchise tag? Truth or lie? Man, strange contract stuff with him and the de-escalators he looks so bad and all that. Starting out, it was bad. Um, I have the I have now now some of betting is value, right? Not yeah. predictions, but I had the Niners and the Ravens playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Trey so, Lance, truth or lie? Yeah, I think that's a lie because of the field. Yeah, uh, but like okay. obviously he needs to be very much better. I think the Ravens are going to be very good. They're going to win the division. Yeah, I agree. So. Oh, Joe Burrow. Speaking of the division, real quick, Joe Burrow. Uh, that that is a the offensive line was a disaster. It, it was, and it's and it was terrible last year. And Joe Burrow still figured it out. I, Joe, the offense for Cincinnati is fascinating because they rely so heavily on big plays. I don't know that. I'm I'm thinking lie, but Pittsburgh also is very good defensively. Although TJ Watt is hurt, so I still think it's Baltimore one in the division, Cincinnati two in the division, with Cincinnati competing. I would have said with, you know. Broncos, Raiders, Patriots, Colts for maybe that wild card. And the Patriots and the Colts and the they didn't look particularly good. Yeah, the Raiders. I, I think the, Patri- the, the Patriots are but, but they also fought back and played well against a yeah. very, very good Chargers team. Um we'll find out more about the, the Broncos on Monday night. But I think the Patriots are a bit of a uh, that was a bit of a lie, I think, in week one. They'll be better than that. And I think the Bengals are gonna be I think the Bengals will be okay. All right. I got, I got a question. All right, shoot me. By the, by the way, by the way, hang on, hang on. Before we go to college football, go to Weiss Liquors, right here. Weiss Liquors over my shoulder here. Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, have the booze delivered right to your house. If you need to drown your sorrows during Monday Night Football, that's how you do it. If you want to come have a burger at the pharmacy, you come do that. And if you need to fix all those problems you've made in your house over the weekend because you threw a bunch of things, buildkg.com, the Kingston Group, those are your folks. So those are our great sponsors here on a football show. We do appreciate all of them. And, again, come out and hang out with, with us here every single Monday at 1 o'clock right here on a football show from the pharmacy. Okay, college football questions, go. Does Alabama winning a close and sloppy game make it to where the rest of the college football world is doomed because Nick Saban is going to be a man on the mission now from week three on? He was already on a mission. But now he's going to whip this team into shape. Does this spell doom for college football? It could. Or the receiving issues are a question. The discipline issues are a question. And the offensive line issues are a question relative to Alabama. I still think they're the number two team in America. But if here's what I would say. If Alabama plays the way it did on Saturday against Texas, against Georgia, they'll get their ass kicked. Oh, yeah. When that opening drive, uh, that opening drive, I'm watching it. And I'm thinking, whoa, that is a weird opening drive for Alabama. Well, it's Sark, like it's Sark like one is, of those things where you're like, uh, on defense or on offense? Uh, both, really. I mean, Sark really, is, the offense. Sark is, is really Sark is brilliant and on scripting his yeah. first drive, and he did that. He just is. To me, it was more about the offense. It was like a weird way to come out and do first down. I also thought it was very much the Iron Bowl from last year, yeah, where it was a dead game, dead game, dead game, and then the guy who's the best player on the field, Bryce Young, yeah. Did, had a couple of spectacular drives at the end of the game Whoop. to win. Whoa, what's happening here? What's happening? Oh, my in. God. Weiss Lickers. The sign is drunk. <laughs> that came in like – good thing that is no, going to be on video. We're good. We're good. It's be on video. So if you guys want to see what happened, make sure you check out the video. Um, but I, I think that that's one of those games where I'm walking away thinking that uh, Nick Saban 
after this game, this is going to be a totally different looking like Alabama team that's not going to make the mistakes that it made. Like I feel like Alabama's going to or Nick Saban's going to put on his like major coaching clinic powwow and and whoever they play next, I feel sorry for you. But, yeah, I, you yes, know, I, like, yes, I do, things? I do, but. The 15 penalties are record for an Nick Saban coach team. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs missing on blitz pickups, receivers dropping passes. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, it I was, think he went blind. It like was, I think I think something <laughs> came down from the heavens and blinded him. It was the white side. It was the white side. It was the white side. Came flying on the field. I I think that they were. That was the sloppiest game I've ever seen it's an Alabama team play. Now that takes 100% away 100 the sloppiest game. I've that ever takes played. away from the credit that Texas deserved because that was the fastest, most aggressive defense I've seen from Texas in a long time. If Alabama plays like that the rest of the year, then games at Arkansas, games at Tennessee, and games against Georgia will be way, way, way closer than we think. To your point, I believe the Nick Saban will solve some problems. Yeah, I think it's one of those. It's just, it's just, it feels like a such a Nick Saban. I'm gonna piss in everybody's Cheerio kind of like. It could. It could I'm, I'm coming for you and ripping out your throat. Normally that happens with a loss, though. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, you know, see, that's the thing is like if. Normally they would have lost that game, and they didn't. So it's still the same effect now, and it's just going to be way worse. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be way it's possible. worse on, on a sloppy. It's win. possible. It's possible. Here's so, how many more college football games do we have here? So here we go. SEC East and the just I think there's general separation. Arc A&M sucks. <laughs> and hey, sucks. You're your team A&M. Not right? my team. My team. Well, Arc, you were touting them all. Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. All three have begun, and to, to a lesser extent on the bottom of this list, Mississippi State, have begun to rise to the top of that second tier. Here's what's cool about this. Tennessee will host Alabama. Arkansas will host Alabama. Kentucky and Mississippi State will host Georgia. So if those are the four best teams in the SEC not named Alabama and Georgia, so far through two weeks overreacting here, then all four of those teams will host and get a home game with Bama and Georgia at some point during the year, which could create some really interesting drama down the stretch. Really impressed with Kentucky's defense. Very impressed with Tennessee. I think people need to – these are all top 15 teams. Mississippi State, not so much. But Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson has been spectacular. Yeah, he looked really good. He really rebounded from what I saw. Your your take on him on week one is ridiculous. The guy had four touchdowns, no turnovers, 80% passing. Like, his numbers are sick. The the, – Arkansas, I would have Arkansas at number three. I would have Kentucky at number four, and I would have Tennessee at number five in the SEC behind Georgia and Alabama. And Mississippi State, is, Mississippi State at six. And I think those four underneath are starting to separate themselves a little bit from the bottom half, which would be Florida, Auburn, Ole Miss, LSU, you know, whatever. So, so we talk, we're talking about overreactions and stuff. And I think one of the unique things about overreacting on the Florida-Kentucky game is how many people stayed silent for a week on Anthony Richardson and then when he sucks, they're like, oh, this is the guy, this is the Heisman guy, this is the first round pick and blah, blah, blah. It's not all over Twitter. Yeah, It was a rough game. That's where inexperience, that's experience versus inexperience. That's Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson versus Mark Spears yep. and Will Levis. Yep. And it showed. Yep. And, and Kentucky and, plus five and a half, maybe. Yeah. And I think that was that was a good call on your part. And I think that Kentucky showed that okay, we can win a game against a good opponent because I'm not sold that Florida is now suddenly bottom of the barrel trash. No, no, they're, they're, I'm not saying they're that not. you are, but they're people not. want to say that. No, they're like the seventh place team. Yeah, in the SEC, they're the middle of the pack. I I think like much like Nick Saban, Bill Napier will have this team a little yeah. bit back. I think Anthony Richardson will learn. Is he's learning on the fly. 
That's what we've all known anyway. He just looks so good yeah. in that Utah game. The, he just did not look good. In this yes, the, the more impressive side of that, this is sort of like <clears throat> crediting Texas and not as much Alabama. Like Mark's, Oh, Kentucky deserves Mark's, all the credit for that the, win. The way their scheme set up to keep him in the pocket and force him down the field with throws, the way the offensive line got better from week one to week, even first quarter to the second half of that game, Will they trusted Will Levis to make plays. They, they certainly was sloppy. They got the pick six and the turnover. The defense capitalized. But that's just a really hard Kentucky team to beat. Yeah, they're just a very hard. And they beat. did it on the road, which yeah. I think is even more impressive. We talked about the swamp field advantage. The South Carolina hype. We're done with that. Yeah, we, I, I tried to tell you guys. Yeah, get the get don't South buy the South Carolina, Carolina stuff. Missouri, woof. Yeah, and uh, how about them Commodores? And they looked really good. I'm glad. I almost sent you a text <laughs> when they were looking good. First half, they, they were looking really good that first, first half. First quarter Twitter is a dangerous yeah. place to live. Uh, I, I think that. I think when you look at it, I think Kentucky is the number two team. I agree right now. I I think that UT has that chance, but UT in the SEC, when you're going up against these teams that's coming up on your schedule in the SEC and you're letting Pitt do what Pitt's doing to you, it's going to be a rough sledding and they weren't able to keep their tempo up like we talked about. Which I which I think is a I think you they think should, I think thing? they need to learn how to slow it down at okay. times. Now Pittsburgh got a back of quarterback game. The defense got 16 pressures, nine hits, four sacks. Like, I think the defense played well yeah. against Pittsburgh. They knocked Keaton Slovis out of the game. I think that was a sort of intestinal fortitude, prove that you belong kind of moment because they could have wilted in the second half. For a youth pastor, like, it comes to Jesus. <laughs> yes, for, for youth pastor Josh. Um, I think just – I think – these are all. I think Tennessee's a top fifteen team. I think they're good enough on offense. Well, we said that they were going to be a top. They should have been top fifteen team last year. They should have swapped yes. with Pitt yes. in the rankings. You got Brew McCoy's turning into turning into a player. You've got Tillman. You've got Hyatt. I, I think running the football pretty well. That's a pretty good Tennessee team. That's a pretty good Kentucky team. It's a really good Arkansas team. Those are the three I keep an eye on as they elevate. And the other one, sneaky back in your mind to keep an eye on Mississippi State. That was a late night win over an Arizona team that's better than people think. So. I, they're starting to see some separation in the SEC, but but we have a lot of big games coming up for all these teams, and it's going to be a ton ton of fun. Like uh, like A and M, woof. A and M gets uh, A and M has Miami. Spend all that money for to lose to Appalachian State. They have a bunch of losers. They paid one point five for App State just to come play the game. And don't forget, they paid uh, like seventy five million dollars to both their coaches yes. or whatever. Uh, so you now have to play Miami, a top fifteen Miami team, and then Arkansas the next two weeks. Yeah, good luck. So if they win those two, total narrative change on, yeah. on AM. If they lose those two, can't wait. A lot of questions about Jimbo Fisher. Because Mark Stoops, since 2017, how about this? Since 2017, that was the last year of Jimbo at AM. Jimbo Fisher has 40 wins. Mark Stoops has 42. Mark Stoops has more wins at Kentucky over the last six years than Jimbo Fisher has. I, I think I think uh, when you look at it, I think Mark Stoops is a great coach. And, and he might be the Nebraska coach. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> The, uh, All right, there you have it. Speaking of great coaches, oh, God. I am a great fantasy drafter and fantasy coach. 188.88 points. And I would like to say. Don't don't tell everybody how many points I've got. Uh, I would like to say 30. I beat my guy by over half. He only, the, my opponent only scored 91.96. Boom or bruck. I would like to also say this. Here's why tight ends. Here's why tight ends right. should not matter. I had 188.88 points, and my tight end only scored 0. 0.6. 
screw tight end positions. They they're uh they're a shithole of a position. I had zero points. I did worse at tight end than you. I had zero. <laughs> but I just want to say that I was laughed, Come on, dude. Laughed at for taking Patrick Mahomes, and he was actually my second top scorer because I played Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes was on my bench. I'll be accepting for everybody in the football show league. I'll be accepting trade offers, good trade offers, Joe. Trying to oh Joe's trying to rip you off already. Oh he he, he tried to get me to take Cam before the Thursday game. Cam Akers for Patrick. Nobody Mahomes cares about up. our face, league. you know that, right? That's all right. We're into the shit. Okay. okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers not not good yesterday for me. Uh, explosive punch yeah, of karma. Me in another explosive punch of karma. Uh, not no bueno yesterday. I think I scored a third of the amount of points as you did, Zach. And like all my players are hundred eighty eight point eighty eight, and that was mostly <sighs> done by the uh, by the uh, defense. Uh, no, it was mostly done before the afternoon games. The majority of those. Yeah, you scored. you can brag this week, buddy. Oh, it was, it was a week. decimation. It was it was ugly. It was, it's the most decisive fantasy win I've ever had since playing fantasy football. <laughs> I mean, it is just that is the best performance by team, and it was really great general manager right here. And it was easily the worst performance I have ever had in a fantasy league performance in the history of my life. But nobody cares about our fantasy leagues. You know, you should care about Weiss burgers, burgers, at, burgers at the pharmacy. Weiss Liquors, of course. Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors. The Kingston Group, buildkg.com. You know what these three companies all have in common? Locally owned. Locally owned and operated here in Nashville. The pharmacy's been here since 2011. So swing on by for lunch, of course. And then every Monday, come hang out with us here on a football show live right here on the beautiful burger, parlor, and beer garden. You got the pharmacy pills locally sourced by Bearded Iris. And if you need any work done in your home, check out the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. So I think that's it. Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group. And, of course, the pharmacy. you got Zach Lyons, F-Word Pod. you got Music City Audible. you got Broadway Sports Media. you got all the 440 sports shows as well. Is that it? We're done? I think we're done. For Zach, I'm Braden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back on Thursday. This is been a football show.